This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Settling in a new city can raise lots of questions. How does the bus service work? Can I join the local library? Where do I go to get advice on renting a home? Over the next half hour, the team from Citizens Advice Bureau bring you all the latest news and information of special interest to new migrants settling in Dunedin. Welcome to Resettling in Aotearoa with Citizens Advice Bureau. No my hiding my kiora ano. Welcome back to our monthly resettling in Aotearoa show on Otago Access Radio. Uh, ko Anna Tukuingo. My name is Anna. I'm the manager at Citizens Advice Bureau Dunedin Tipo Fakafuranaki or Otipoti. Today I'm going to continue our tenancy theme and give you some further information and advice, starting with the key rights and obligations of the tenant. Um, it is important to note firstly that getting things right at the beginning of the tenancy will help to avoid problems later. Um, the, and remember that the Residential Tenancy Act is the main law c- covering the rights and the responsibilities of tenants and landlords. And there are a range of helpful resources available for tenants online um, and on the phone. Uh, before signing up to a rental, it's a good idea for tenants to read up on their rights and responsibilities. Um, some good online resources about being a tenant are us, of course, the Citizens Advice Bureau, and our website, www.cab.org.nz, the Aratohu Tenant Advocacy website, which is a collaboration between Citizens Advice Bureau and a few different tenant advocacy groups, and that's tenant.aratohu.nz, that's A-R-A-T-O-H-U.nz. And then the Tenancy Services website, which is a government website, www.tenancy.govt.nz. And also the Community Law Manual um, also has some information about uh, Residential Tenancy Act. So it's important to remember that tenants' obligations are just as important as their rights. It will be difficult to ask for rights to be respected if they haven't fulfilled their obligations. For example... A tenant can tell the landlord that they need to do repairs, but they won't be in a very strong position if they are behind in paying rent. Um, So firstly, a a summary of some of the key rights and obligations of tenants and landlords, and we'll go into more detail following that. Um, So tenants have the right to vacant possession, which means an empty place at the beginning of the tenancy. They also have the right to quiet enjoyment which means reasonable peace, privacy and comfort uh, throughout the tenancy. But tenants must pay rent on time, keep the place reasonably clean and tidy and advise the landlord when repairs are needed and pay for their own electricity, gas, internet, etc. And they must not stop paying rent even if the landlord hasn't done the repairs. They must not intentionally damage the premises And they must not disturb the quiet enjoyment of the neighbours or the landlord's other tenants. They must not make any alterations to the property without the landlord's consent. And they must not breach any of the special conditions of the tenancy agreement. For example, no pets or no more than six occupants. So landlords, their key rights and obligations They must provide a property that is reasonably clean and in a reasonable state of repair. They must maintain the property in a reasonable state of repair. They must maintain the garden and the shared facilities and areas. 
They must provide a property that's safe and healthy, meets building standards, and is not an unlawful premise. They must keep accurate records. They make must make sure the house is not mouldy, damp, or an unfit to live in. They must give correct notice when they want to visit or inspect the property and not inspect more than is legally allowed. They must respect the tenant's quiet enjoyment and ensure their other tenants don't disturb them. And they must pay for their own outgoings like rates or if there's water charges and insurance. So quiet enjoyment means being able to enjoy reasonable peace, comfort and privacy as a tenant and allowing others to enjoy the same. The law says that tenants are entitled to the quiet enjoyment of their house or flat. This includes without any interference or harassment by the landlord or other people who work for or represent the landlord. The landlord must also take reasonable steps to ensure that their other tenants don't interfere with the tenant's right to quiet enjoyment. To note, of note here is that this 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 is more than just a, a personality clash. Um, tenants must also make sure they don't interfere with the peace, quiet, and privacy of their neighbours and other tenants. And this doesn't mean that they can't make any noise, but it's about being reasonable. So some examples of possible breaches of right to quiet enjoyment include landlord visits that are too frequent, um, threatening or aggressive behaviour by the landlord, tours of the house by, by prospective buyers, uh, renovations or building work that disturbs the tenant um, and that are not part of the normal maintenance of the property. Uh, and another example might be um, the landlord's other tenants disturbing the tenant's peace. So uh, dealing with breaches of quiet enjoyment. So there's a few different strategies that may be needed for dealing with tenants' quiet enjoyment of the property. For example, noisy neighbours. So if the tenant is having problems with their neighbour, so maybe loud noise late at night, um, and it turns out that that neighbour is also a renter, then the tenant could raise the issue with the neighbour's landlord. And a, because a landlord has a responsibility to ensure that their tenants don't interfere with the quiet enjoyment of neighbours. And in some cases, it may be that it will be the tenant's own landlord living next door if the landlord owns multiple property if the landlord owns multiple properties in a street or in an apartment block a wee tip here though is that um, while it is an option to bring up noise issues with the landlord it's not necessarily the best first step or the or even the most useful one um, for the sake of neighborly relations it's always a good idea to start by talking directly to the other person to see if you can come to an agreement and also, if it's about noise, you know, it may just be a matter of explaining how it is affecting you and coming up with a reasonable solution. For example, only doing noisy construction work between certain hours or uh, turning down the stereo a bit. If talking to the neighbour is unsuccessful or the tenant doesn't feel able to approach them directly, then the tenant might consider going through the landlord but um, it may be more effective to deal with the, with noise by uh, making a complaint through the um, the local council, so the the DCC's noise control people here. Um, yeah, 
And you can look on our, our website, www.cab.org.nz, about how to deal with noisy neighbours. Another um, example of a breach would be, as, as mentioned, if, if the house is for sale, um, you know, the tenant still has the right to quiet, quiet enjoyment, even if the landlord wants to show prospective buyers or other tenants or valuers or real estate agents through the house. Um, the landlord must ask the tenant's permission. Um, the tenant can't unreasonably refuse permission, but can require reasonable conditions to be met, again, only, you know, to visit on specific days between specific hours. And it is it may even be reasonable to ask for a rent reduction if the disruption is significant enough. Uh, if there are disturbances that are interfering with the tenant's experience of living at the property, and the tenant wants the landlord to address the issue or these issues. The tenant should record a description and the timing of each disturbance. Write a friendly letter to their landlord asking them to address the disturbance. Allow a reasonable period of time for the landlord to address the problem. If the problem is not addressed by the landlord. You can issue a 14-day notice setting out the breaches of the RTA um, or the tenancy agreement and formally ask the landlord to stop the disturbance. If the behaviour activity continues, the tenant can ask for assistance from the Tenancy Tribunal, and we'll go into that more um, on another show. If there are major disruptions to the tenant's quiet enjoyment of the property, for example, significant building works going on, which can't easily be stopped, the, canon, the tenant can um, record the description, the timing of each disturbance. And if the tenant wants to keep living in the property, despite the disturbing activity, the tenant could ask for a rent reduction, as mentioned, for the period that the activity will be happening. Um, and again, ask for certain times a day or uh, only for the work to be done or for a barrier to be put up to reduce the impact. If the disturbance means that the tenant no longer wants to live in the property, they may be able to end their tenancy. Another quick tip, any agreement about how the disruption will be managed should be put into writing, dated and signed by both the tenant and the landlord. So there's obviously going to be times when the, it's the landlord that's breaching quiet enjoyment themselves. Um, and the tenant should not have to put up with this. Quick tip, keeping good records can really help the tenant if a dispute ends up in the tenancy tribunal. And again, there are specific rules around different reasons landlords are allowed to visit the property. Um, in regards to the notice period that needs to be given, um, and these change depending on the nature of the landlord's intended visit. So the landlord can visit actually at any time with the free consent of the tenant. So if the landlord asks permission to enter the house or flat and the tenant freely consents immediately before or at the time of entry, then no notice period is required. This can happen at any time of the day. The purpose of the visit doesn't matter and could include an inspection, repairs or maintenance. A positive act of giving consent is required, however, by saying yes, come in, for example. The landlord can't rely on the fact that the tenant remained silent but didn't ask them to leave. 
So consent must be freely given. That means landlords can't bully their way in. A tenant may not necessarily be at home when consent is requested. For example, the landlord may call or text the tenant and ask if they can enter the house that day to carry out repairs. The tenant's permission must be immediately before or at the time of entry. This means when the landlord is at the door or shortly before they arrive. A tenant can't give and a landlord can't claim broad or blanket permission for the landlord to enter the property. For example, at any time or over a period of days or weeks or without the required notice. If they do, that permission is invalid and has no legal effect. This is because a tenant can't waiver their rights under the Residential Tenancy Act. A tenant should feel free to refuse entry to the landlord if they show up at the door. It can be hard to do this in the moment, but some possible words the tenant could use are, oh, we weren't expecting your visit, and now is not a convenient time for you to come in. Would you mind coming back tomorrow or in a few days' time? If the landlord insists on coming in, the tenant could say, are you aware of the notice requirements for a landlord visiting their tenants? It's 24 hours for da-da-da, or it's 48 hours for da-da-da. I'm, I'm going to go into the notice periods shortly. Um, and then say it would be great if you could come back then. However, in the case of an emergency, a landlord can enter the house or flat at any time. No notice is required. The situation must be exceptional and urgent. For a property inspection, which we'll talk about more later, a notice period of not less than 48 hours and not more than 14 days is required. And it can only happen between the hours of 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. any day of the week. And they're only allowed once every four weeks. And it is lawful for the landlord to inspect the property when the tenant isn't home. Meth testing is another reason the, the landlord could visit. Again, notice period, not less than 48 hours and not more than 14 days. They have to state what the testing is for. And again, same hour, it can take place between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. any day of the week. But the landlord must give the tenant the results of the testing and writing within seven days of them receiving the results. Failure to give the tenant the test results can result in a fine or infringement fee of up to $2,000. So say the landlord wanted to inspect some work that had been done by the tenant, a notice period of, again, not less than 48 hours and not more than 14 days is required for the landlord to enter the property to inspect work that the tenant said they would do or was required to do as a result of the tenant's breach of the tenancy agreement. Again, between, only can happen between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. any day of the week. For repairs and maintenance, a notice period of not less than 24 hours is required for the landlord to enter the house or flat to fulfil their legal duties regarding smoke alarms, healthy home standards, or to carry out repairs and maintenance. Again, only between the hours of 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. any day of the week. Say if the rent, like if the tenant hadn't paid their rent for at least 14 days, so they're overdue, um, and the landlord has good reason to believe that the household flat, flat has been abandoned, then they can enter the premises after giving at least 24 hours notice to the tenant. As we mentioned earlier, if they wanted to show around a buyer or a real estate agent or a valuer, someone similar, then they must get the prior consent of the tenant to show around these people. Um, 
and they can show them around at any reasonable time. The tenant can't unreasonably refuse to give consent in these situations, but they may make their consent subject to reasonable conditions. Tenants are allowed to refuse open homes and limit access to certain times or the, of the day or days of the week. So following are some strategies for ensuring the landlord respects the tenant's right to live in the property without interruption or interference with their reasonable peace, comfort and privacy. So when the landlord visits too frequently, the landlord is visiting too frequently, the tenant can try and resolve this by working through a few steps. Firstly, checking your rights regarding the notice period, as mentioned above. Um, and a, just a quick tip, landlords don't have to give notice to come onto the land or the grounds or common shared areas. This would usually happen when the landlord is doing maintenance on the house or property, such as pruning trees. They are also allowed to knock on the door at any time without coming inside. The landlord still has to respect the tenant's peace, comfort and privacy when they come onto the land. If your landlord has not given you adequate notice, it is best to try and talk to them to clarify the notice requirements. And write a friendly letter to the landlord asking them not to visit so often. If that does not work, you can try to resolve things by going to mediation or making an application to the Tenancy Tribunal, which we're going to go into um, in the um, June show. Keep a record of the amount of notice the land gives and times and purpose of each visit. You can also um, issue a 14-day notice setting out the breaches of the tenancy agreement or the Residential Tenancy Act and forming, formally asking the landlord to stop. So there might be times um, if the landlord's behaviour is intentional, persistent and particularly distressing to the tenant or their guests or flatmates, and this may amount to harassment. So harassment is more than insults and offensive remarks. Uh, it could include things like unlawful entry or frequent visits, shutting off utilities like the electricity, changing the locks, verbal or physical threats, sexual harassment, refusing to accept rent payments, remo removing the tenant's shadows, and trying to get the tenant to shift out without following the law. So, um, and if the landlord or property manager force their way inside the property or threaten to, this is a serious offence and they can be imprisoned for up to three months or fined up to $3,000. So taking action with, about harassment from the landlord, um, options for the tenant again include writing a letter, asking them to stop the harassing behaviour. If it continues, again, issuing a 14-day notice, setting out the breaches of the Tenancy Agreement or the Residential Tenancy Act and formally asking them to stop the harassment. If it still continues, again, ask for assistance from the Tenancy Tribunal. Um, and this might include asking for an order to end the tenancy. And if the harassment means the tenant no longer wants to live there, they can give the landlord a 28-day notice to end their tenancy if they have a periodic lease. Property inspections are the most common reason for a landlord to visit a property. Property inspections during tenancies can be very stressful for tenants. This is especially in the case when the landlord is not respectful of the fact that the property is the tenant's home or if the landlord has the expectations around the presentation of the property that are over the top. Um, as mentioned above, they can only enter between 8 and 7 in a notice period of not less than 48 hours and not more than 14 days. 
and they can only do an inspection once every four weeks. While not ideal, it is lawful for the landlord to inspect the property when the tenant isn't home. But um, tenants should prepare for inspections. They can decide whether or not to be there. Um, they'll generally take between 30 and 60 minutes. Any longer than this may be a breach of the tenant's quiet enjoyment. They should tidy up. Um, tenants should try to tidy up before the landlord comes. Um, and there are checklists online guiding landlords and tenants on what to look for during an inspection. Um, going through this may help the tenant prepare. Just general checks like the walls, any marks or scrapes, any carpet damage, obvious spills or marks, flooring, windows, making sure they all open and close, making sure the lights go and it's not just a bulb, heating, you know, make sure that they're installed and working. Make sure the doors lock if they're external and they open properly. Uh, make sure the curtains and blinds go up and down smoothly or shut, you know, completely. Checking the stove, make sure it's clean um, and good working order, making sure the ventilation is in the kitchen. Cupboard doors open and shut, taps and sinks work properly. Ventilation in the bathroom. And if your property has a lawn, you know, there's usually a clause in the tenancy agreement about who's responsible for maintaining it. Um, so that's something else that needs will be checked in inspection. Um, and making sure that pathways or driveways are free from excessive moss, you know, and aren't slippery or damaged. Um, so always make a note of the issues and repairs to discuss. Um, be aware that the landlord may take photos, so they're allowed to take photos during inspection but they need to avoid taking photos of tenants' belongings or um, personal items. Um, tenants should take notes of anything that landlord says they will fix and ask them what their time frame for the work is. And the landlord may identify things that the tenant has to fix. Um, and they can give notice to come and reinspect the property, check that the work's been done. And they don't have to wait four weeks for that reinspection. Um, and a co the tenant can ask, is free to ask for a copy of the property inspection report. Um, but whether the, leg the landlord is legally required to supply it depends on the content of the report. Um, so, yeah, that's, the the, that's all we're going to discuss today. Next month we will continue with the renter's right theme and focus on issues with damage. Uh, and the types of damage and repair and who's responsible and something called fair wear and tear. But remember that at Citizens Advice Bureau, we offer free confidential advice and information and can help you regarding anything we have covered this evening. Um, please also remember we have access to three language assistance options. Our own volunteers around the country speak other languages and can offer our service in their language as well as English an on-demand phone interpreter, and a face-to-face -face interpreter, which needs to be booked ahead of time. You can call us directly on 03471 here in Dunedin or on the nationwide free phone 0800 367 If you would like to email an inquiry to us, um, do that through our website, www.cab.org.nz. Um, if you're going to come in 155 Princess Street. It's just a good idea to check via the phone call first just to check that the interview room is free and there isn't already a um, client in there. Um, 
Nami, Ki Akoto, thank you all for listening and thanks ORFM. Enjoy the rest of your evening and remember to tune in next month for information and advice on the Residential Tenancy Act and your rights and obligations regarding repairs, damage and fair wear and tear. Remember this show is available on podcast on the ORFM website or oar.org.nz. That's or.org.nz. Tune in next month. Ka kite anō. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.